Welcome to the Wheels in Motion podcast. Thanks for joining us for an exciting episode about transportation management systems. This podcast will give you a snapshot of all you need to know about TMSs. Ted Boley, our in-house guru on TMSs, goes into great detail on the benefits, how to choose the best TMS for your organization, and the functionality of a TMS. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Listeners here today, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in history? Well, I've um, been with Carter Logistics uh, since 2002. Started as a logistics analyst, uh, then went to the customer service role, started a 3PL uh, in 2007, helped uh, in- implement the uh, TMS software, uh, roll that out in execution, and then I was over with the, the 3PL. And then here recently, I took a role as uh, um, a sales manager for Carter Logistics. Wonderful. Well, to start things off, I thought we would just kind of make it simple, kind of set the framework for our discussion today. Ted, why don't you start off by telling us what exactly a TMS is? So to keep it simple, TMS is a transportation management system. Uh, That transportation management system gives you the ability to manage your transportation via electronic communication with your possibly your ERP system, or it can go in through... uh, uh, manage it through portals and execute shipments through that. Talk a little bit about that. You mentioned an ERP system. I think it would be good for our, our listeners to understand kind of the differential between different systems that operators may be working within. So you mentioned TMS and then ERP. Kind of go through the difference between those two platforms and how they interact. So a ERP system is an enterprise resource planning system. And what that does is it does your, it controls your manufacturing, controls your ordering, controls your planning, controls your, uh, your, from your soup to nuts on your uh, production floor. Uh, a TMS will integrate with your ERP and be a, a side benefit of, of your transportation. So it'll allow the system to communicate um, with the ERP, telling when shipments are shipped, how much is shipped, and when they're expected to be at the um, shipping lo- or delivery location. So does that give you real-time visibility to your inventory if the TMS is communicating with the ERP? Yeah, so if, if you have a TMS, and, and you know, uh, information is only as good as information supplied uh, by the users. So uh, if your carriers are updating via EDI or uh, updating via portal, then you can have that real-time visibility and see that inside your uh, TMS. And then that information can also be thrown over to your ERP in real time. Excellent. So what you're describing then is really the systems interacting with each other, communicating to each other. Do they have to, or can they operate independently? No, and that's the that's the good thing about TMS and the ERP. You can make them um, talk to each other via electronically or through um, uh, FTP sites, or you can they can work autonomously. Um, but having each one tailored to the user that is using it and what they, the information that they may need. Why don't you take a step back? You've mentioned an FTP site a couple different times. Talk about what that is and how that works within the system if you can without getting too granular, but just having an overview. So information, it's in a basic sense of the uh, information trans, trans, transmission, 
is you can go either EDI transaction, uh, which is electronic data interchange, or you could go as simple as a, a spreadsheet or a, a CSV file that can be uh, transmitted to each system and uploaded to each system. And then that's the way the two systems could actually communicate. Uh, we've, I've actually been involved in both where it's EDI and also a spreadsheet um, because some systems don't have the capabilities of the EDI or maybe some the IT resources to do the EDI, but you know, uploading a spreadsheet is much easier. So if you're in the beginning stages of implementing a TMS platform, then is it something that can evolve over time in terms of this communication, or do you have to be pretty well established in terms of whether you want an FTP program or an EDI program? So that, that's a real good question. What, when you're thinking about um, going and implementing a TMS, there needs to be a lot of homework done, and not just with the logistics group, but I think operations should be a piece of that, finance should be a piece of that, and I think management should obviously be a piece of that. Um, because you want to plan on how the system is going to flow and how it's going to communicate throughout the organization. You don't want to, you want to have all your plans set forth so that you don't put yourself in a box by designing it some way that may, may uh, uh, I guess, keep you from going to the next step. Now, implementing in stages is not an issue. You just got to make sure that you understand what your final stage is when you're implementing those uh, middle stages so that you don't uh, put yourself in a box and uh, allow you not to go further uh, with the technology. You mentioned putting yourself in a box or limiting your capabilities and capacities. In terms of TMS programs, are they industry specific or are there one size fits all programs out there? There are TMSs that are designed to be industry specific, but uh, usually you can find a TMS that can be across the board. Uh, there's all obviously strengths and weaknesses of each TMS system. Some focus on LTL, some focus on truckload, uh, some uh, focus on ocean freight, some focus on air freight, so on and so forth. Uh, but systems are getting better. Uh, communication is getting better. Integration is getting much better. Uh, whereas you can go to one source and have different plugins and be able to see all your uh, freight movements, whether it be air, small package, LTL, truckload, all in one system. So it sounds like you're, you're talking about different mode selection and TMS can be kind of specialized towards those required modes. Um, so it, it's regardless of industry, then it's more mode than actual industry. Correct. So it's, I mean, if I'm moving, if I'm moving LTL for uh, a retail establishment, say clothing, it's no, and it's on a skid, there's no difference between that, a skid of that and a skid of auto parts going to a, a tier one that's going to assemble for an OEM. Excellent. Excellent. And then I'm assuming the systems are adaptable where you feed the information within your specific industry conducive to mode selection and make it work for you. Yeah, so when you're, again, when you're going back to planning your TMS and how you're gonna implement, you wanna look at all the information you can get. You don't wanna fall into the junk in, junk out methodology. You wanna be able to get all the information that uh, down to the skid size, part weight, standard pack quantities, things like that. So the TMS can work for you and you're not working for the TMS. If you have all the information inside the TMS and inside your ERP, there's a lot of sophistication and technology with the TMS that can do a lot of uh, optimization and mode selection, so on and so forth for you, so that it doesn't have to be done manually. Fantastic. So we've talked about, as we progress to this point, implementing. We implement our own. Typically, what's the better value? Is it typical for a company to operate a TMS under their own guys and direction? or does it behoove them to work with a third-party logistics company? Well, that's a good question. It's something that's been asked many times. 
if you're going to do the TMS um, on your own and with your own organization with a, without an outside source, you got to make sure that you have the IT infrastructure and all the buy-in of all the parties that's going to help implement. Uh, one of the things is there's constant updates, there's constant EDI changes uh, from carriers. Carriers come on and come off, so you got to onboard carriers and so on and so forth. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of information, a lot of uh, changes that have to be done throughout the life cycle of the TMS. If you go to a provider that's providing a service as a TMS, uh, they have the knowledge and they have the expertise. Uh, this is something they're, this is their core competency. Your core competency is what you do. Your core competency is, you know, I'm producing bicycles. Uh, so you're, you might not be the, the expert in transportation. Your company might not be the expert in transportation. Whereas a TMS provider would be an expert in the transportation field and have the IT resources to help you out. Also, they have the, the history of multiple organizations uh, in, different, in different environments that may bring you know, synergies to you that you wouldn't necessarily have in-house. So it sounds like it's a lot of work, a lot of detail gathering, a lot of information gathering, a lot of sharing between different dis disciplines within an organization. What's a typical timeline for implementation of a TMS platform within a company? Is there a standard? Uh, not really. I mean, it, it depends on how sophisticated you want to be. Uh, you can up and start. I've been, uh, we looked at one uh, TMS that uh, we got started within a week. Uh, there, there's other TMSs if you want to go uh, all the way, all the detail, with the integrations, with everything else, that could take up to six months. Um, but once you get done with that implementation, you're going to be having a constant uh, changes in the system. Uh, maybe updates to the TMS, maybe updates from training partners that change the way they're sending communication lines and so on and so forth. So it's not just once you're implemented, you're done. It's an ongoing effort throughout the life cycle. Okay. So you decided internally you want to move forward. You want to bring a TMS in-house more or less. Um, how do you determine the cost versus benefits of bringing one in? In other words, this will be a sell to your upper management, I think. Mm -hmm. How do you present it to them? So the TMS is the T, a TMS is going to provide synergies and optimization, and it's going to it's basically going to do a lot of labor savings. So as the, the TMS, a lot of things can be automated. I can tender out to carriers. Uh, say I have multiple plants. Say I have plants in the U.S., uh, Canada, and Mexico. From one central location, I can basically manage and supervise. Our, the transportation of my organization. I can, by setting the, the system up hierarchy, I can give certain uh, access to certain users. So say accounting, they're interested in what the finances are of the, of the transportation. They wanna know what the accruals are. I can give them access just to that. Uh, shipping clerk or a, a dock supervisor or a, maybe even a guard check. A guard check, I can give them visibility to when a truck is going to be arriving to a location so they can make sure if, if they're doing their rounds, they can arrive at that dot or arrive at that guard check to make sure that they can greet that truck. So you're talking about value. So you mentioned accounting, you mentioned operations, you mentioned finance. Benefits speak for themselves. Outstanding. Great opportunities for those organizations or those groups within your organization, I should say. Where's the value? How do you qualify what the ROI is? So once you implement once you implement all this transportation, now you have a, a huge database of, of shipments that have happened. You have all the freight characteristics. Now you can take that data inside the TMS, and most TMSs have an optimization engine inside or a plugin that can optimize. And it can take that data and you can scrub it and, and, and rearrange it and say, look at what if scenarios. So for example, 
say I'm shipping a truckload two times a week and uh, it's a real high, high dollar inventory cost. Uh, if that information is inside the TMS, it can, it can weigh against the inventory cost of shipping two truckloads twice a week or shipping every day LTL and see the cost benefit of going to that, eliminating the inventory cost against the transportation cost. Uh, or perhaps you're shipping five times a week and you're hitting minimum charges uh, from, that, from that supplier. Well, maybe it makes sense to ship twice a week and only hit two minimum charges. So it can do that cost-benefit analysis. Um, truckload, for example. Uh, go to a lot of people and say, oh, my trucks are full. Well, how do you know your trucks are full? That TMS, you're going you're gonna to load how many skids are in there, if they're stackable or not. Then you can see what the cube is. Then you can get the cube of that trailer. So maybe you find out that you thought what was, what was a full truckload is only half a truck. So maybe you only have to move it half the time. Or you look around for maybe it can stop off at another lo uh, location and pick up some more um, inbound material for you. So you're qualifying truckload savings, you're qualifying inventory savings, you're qualifying some labor savings. All these can be qualified, substantiated to your senior management. Um, so I guess my question is, how does the TMS get that data initially? Is it something that's fed to the TMS or does the TMS actually have to extract that information from somewhere else? So you can, you can take historical data uh, and we do this uh, in, our, in our organization all the time. We take historical data and feed it into the TMS and do some optimization. So we can do what if scenarios. You know, if, if I did this, maybe I use this carrier for this move, I use this carrier for this move because I got different rates for those two different carriers. Um, and the second sense is I can input that information manually through a portal at, from my organization, or I can give access to my supplier that they can uh, actually input that data and then it would automatically tender to the carrier. The best example, which is the more detailed, the longer implementation timeline was, is to take your ERP system, as long as the information's in there accurately. That's the one thing you wanna make sure you do is do your due diligence and make sure that all the part numbers are in there correctly, the weights, the, the standard pack quantities and everything else, that information can be fed into your TMS and then your TMS could schedule shipments based on that. And that's the most sophisticated, the most technologically most efficient way to do that. But a lot of organizations have to go into their ERP and clean up a lot of information because part numbers are always changing. Engineering things happen. Uh, you just need to make sure all those fields are are populated and correct. Could be a garbage in, garbage out. Yeah, it's a garbage in, garbage out. Yes. Qualify your ERP. But I've been down. I've been down two roads. Yeah. Uh, with that, and it took some time, but over uh, over six months to a year, we got the we got everything to implement, and it, we took eight out. We had eight hours of savings of inputting data every day for one of our customers. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've done a great job, kind of presenting the, the model as far as analytics. You know, looking at different uh, cost savings initiatives, different ways to save money, almost like after the fact analytics for your transportation spend. Talk a little bit more about the operational piece. You touched on this a little bit more with the operators, so on and so forth. How does the TMS platform essentially enable you to do more of your operational tendering and, and dispatch and other things like that? So once the shipments are into the system, whether they come in electronically, manually, whatever the case may be, they can be set up based on the characteristics of the shipment of who to tender out to, or does it maybe go to a consolidation point because it's not enough rate, so on and so forth. Operationally, you can give access to the operation people on the floor and they can see what freight has been shipped, what freight hasn't been shipped, where it, has, where it is in transit and the expected time that it's gonna happen. So example, if you know 
say operations finds a, a bad um, batch of parts uh, and they, they're going to have a line shut down. They can go into the system and if the system has the part numbers populated in the part numbers, part numbers and, and quantities in there, they can actually go in there and see when the next shipment could be and they could possibly avoid an expedite. Awesome. In terms of supporting the financial team again, can a TMS system support general ledger accounting in terms of GL coding and or freight approvals? Yes. Uh, again, it all goes back to setup. So for the, uh, my background uh, before I came to uh, the current organization, Carter Logistics, uh, my background is finance. So I'm kind of dear to my heart. So one of the things that uh, the system do can be set up to is you have your part numbers that are might be to different lines, different uh, might be one might be an MRO part number. One might be a production part number. Maybe this maybe this production number goes to this unit and this production number goes to this unit. Geo codes can be applied to those part numbers inside the system. Uh, and then when that shipment happens, it could have five or six different part numbers. And then you can turn the allocation on of your freight cost by those part numbers. Then you can take that file and upload that once their invoice has been received from the carrier and approved and audited. It can be uploaded into your general ledger system without having to key anything in, all electronically. Great, great. So talk a little bit more about the system itself, how you can look at it one of two different ways. I guess you can look at it in terms of savings, um, in terms of labor, but maybe talk a little bit more how it's, it's a tool to support the labor that we have on the floor. Yeah, so a lot of times you're, it takes a lot of guesswork out of, uh, of if something shipped or if it's going to be on time or if it's, you know, how, how do I track this? Uh, for example, if I, if I don't have a TMS and I have freight uh, going LTL, truckload, expedite, I might have, you know, 10 different carriers I'm using for do all those modes. Uh, for operations to, to call and, and find out where that shipment is, they, they have to hunt and peck and see what carrier even was on it. If you have a TMS, you give them access to it. It doesn't matter what carrier is on it. That carrier is going to be supplying information, electronic information or manual information, tracking uh, information into that shipment, and they can see where that is at all times. Now, again, the rules have to be set up for the carriers to make sure that they're compliant. And, you know, the system will also let you do carrier scorecards. So say you do have some issues with a carrier, they're not uh, providing on-time performance or uh, maybe they're not sending their updates like they should. You can counsel that carrier because you can pull that data out of the system and actually capture reason codes, why something was late, why something was early, why something was short shipped, so on and so forth. So they can go back to that carrier on a monthly or quarterly basis and do basically a QBR, a quarterly business review, and say, hey, here's, here's your performance. Here's some things that need to be fixed. How can we fix those? Because it gets down to that granular detail. So it's an excellent tool. So talk about how you, you just laid it out perfectly for us. Uh, more or less, the TMS working the way it should in a perfect world what does the imperfect world look like if you don't have the TMS? Talk about that nightmare. Um, in the imperfect world, there's there's band-aids that can be put on. So there, you know, sometimes you know, say the rules are your suppliers are supposed to schedule shipments through the through the system. Well, say one supplier just forgets to do it for one time, uh, and they use a different carrier, so on and so forth. Well, what happens is you have a scheduled shipment that should have happened, but you didn't see an execution. So now you're looking for something that didn't ship. So then you can contact the supplier. Let's, let's, let's take it another step further. Say, that, say the supplier, say you didn't know, it was kind of like a blind shipment. The supplier just shipped blindly, but didn't put anything in the system. Well, you get something delivered, and you can take your TMS and match that up to your, your receiving log and see if there's something there. Then the final catch-all is I got an invoice from XYZ carrier. 
I had no shipment in my system to match up to because the TMS also is a freight bill audit system also. So, you know, if I have my contracts loaded for my carriers inside the system, I tender that out to them. I tender them out to the contracted rate. If I receive an invoice from that carrier and it doesn't agree with that contracted rate, then I, it's an exception. And I send that back to the carrier automatically and say, hey, this doesn't meet what the contract says. Why happen? So conceptually, you can envision a logistics or a finance person, I guess, for that matter, sitting at their desk going line by line, looking at each individual freight bill, making sure it was rated according to the contract. Yeah, and, and in a DMS, we'll make it automated. You right. manage by exception. So you don't have to, you know, hey, if it doesn't meet the contract, boom, it's, a, it's an exception. Awesome. Awesome. So kind of a necessary evil in the industry is claims and claims processing. Does TMS help in that regard? Yeah, so there's... There's TMSs that have claim processing built into them, but there's also TMSs that will integrate with the claims processing um, system. So all that can be integrated into the system. It depends on how the organization wants to handle the freight claims. Excellent. Talk a little bit about reporting. You know, we work for a logistics company and we do a lot of different customized reports for our customers. Can the TMS help in that regard in terms of if you, if you are working with a 3PL, but you've got information you need to present, are there custom reports that it will generate or, or uh, create? Yeah, so each department has their own, let's say, KPIs, key performance indicators. Uh, operations doesn't really necessarily care about the transportation spend. Uh, finance really doesn't care if the, the carrier's on time or not. Um, the upper management wants to know everything. So uh, those, those KPIs can, and reports can be uh, drilled down to the effective user and by their role. So maybe operations, they're more worried about on-time performance, uh, transit time, so on and so forth. So that report can be generated to them. Uh, accounting finance, uh, both accruals and current costs, you can do cost per pound, uh, cost of transportation compared to sales, so on and so forth. So all that information can be on. And that can all be wrapped up into a BI platform and um, sent to upper management in real time. So in any one point in time, you can look at your transportation costs. What is that again? I'm sorry. A BI, BI. Business, business intelligence okay. information. So kind of like a dashboard. Okay. Uh, so it's a 30,000 foot view. So you can get the 30,000 foot view or you can get the granular detail of each shipment. Okay. Uh, great information. I'm ready to buy now, Ted. Um, what are some possible pitfalls or shortcomings of the TMS? What, what are some watch outs or be careful of? During the implementation stage, you want to make sure that there's clear understanding of the software provider and your organization. Make sure that you do some what if scenarios uh, during, during the implementation stage so that you have all your bases covered. And you want to look forward thinking also. My organization is doing this today, but in five years, I might be doing something different. So say we might be opening a plant up in Mexico or we might be opening a plant up in China. You need to go down that road with the TMS so they understand uh, how to set that up and how to execute. So in case that does change, you don't have to go back to ground zero and rewrite and reprogram everything. Are there any questions that TMS can't answer? Of course, there's, there's questions that TMS can't answer. Uh, it can't tell you why the, the freight's not late if someone doesn't input the reason why. Uh, so again, it's going back to the junk in, junk out. Sure, it, sure. And compliance. Compliance is a very, a very important factor. You gotta make sure that everybody's in compliance. You never, ultimate world or perfect world, everything's gonna be hundred percent, but you're, it's all, it's the 80, 20 rule across the board. You're gonna have 20% of your suppliers are gonna cause 80% of your problems. Sure. That's, that's, or 20% of your users are gonna cause 80% of your problems. Uh, so that's another 
another factor too is the the system will allow you to make sure that users input information and they can't go on until the input uh, information is uh, executed inside the cell. So, for example, if I have a if I have a an expedite and uh, someone's trying to book an expedite and a reason code is a required field and they don't fill it out, then they can't go on and execute the the, uh, the expedite. So it's a kind of a kind of holds people accountable. Great. So again, I'm, I'm ready to go. I guess one thing I'd like you to talk a little bit more about, I'm not sure if I should go and, and do my own implementation or if I should work with the 3PL. So talk again about the 3PL advantages of, of helping with this process. So when you're investigating, uh, doing your due diligence on, on a 3PL, you obviously don't want to just look at one, one provider. Uh, and you don't want to rely on yourself or your organization as what they know. You reach out to colleagues in the industry, reach out to, you know, there's, there's many webinars, there's uh, things, blogs on the web and things like that. But, you know, going to, you know, going to, you know, one of your colleagues that's in the same business that you are, that's in logistics perhaps, or maybe they're not in logistics, but they have someone that they know in their organization that's in logistics. I really, I've, I've sat down with many people, some of them have been competitors that we've gone over and, and gone through pitfalls that we've had or, or successes that we've had. I mean, of course, they don't go into all the details and, you know, what makes our secret sauce happen. But it's it's what it, it's what it's a group effort. Being collaborative is a very, very good thing, especially with all the technology we have going on today. So it almost sounds like you're isolated. If I focus on a TMS for my company holistically and nobody else, I may get that advantage of being dedicated to my business. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like within a 3PL, there's a whole new atmosphere of experience and wherewithal and ex expertise including discussion about other TMS platforms that you may be able to gain some value there as well. So yeah, the value is if you're going with a 3PL and it's someone that shares other successes of other customers of theirs uh, or shares some programming changes that may have happened to help other customers, that, that's a very good benefit of the uh, TMS. If you have your own TMS, you only know what you know. And if you have someone that's a partner with you, you can uh, use that partnership and leverage that. Uh, just like, you know, kind of being in a co-op environment, you would you would be you know, part of this whole group of people and maybe a council and, you know, you could you would learn from each other and not necessarily tra do trade secrets, but, you know, help help each other out. Uh, and it's it'll make everything a lot, a lot more efficient. I mean, maybe EDI is going to be maybe EDI is old now and everybody's going to APIs. What's an API? Right. And, and so you could I mean, that's information you would learn and then go down that road and do your own due diligence. Right. So our listeners are sharp people. Obviously, they listen to our podcast, right? So 10 of our listeners are smart people. They're listening to this podcast, for example, so we know they're, they're highly intellectual. What do you think maybe the overriding thought they have as we're going through this discussion today in terms of a TMS implementation? I think they, if they're looking for a TMS, they're looking for efficiencies. Uh, in that, they're looking at cost. So, you know, there's, there's a wide range of TMSs out there. There's TMSs that, uh, you know, maybe are, are zero cost, but there's, you know, maybe you have to do something different or something like that. And there's TMSs that can get up into the millions of dollars. Depends on the, the sophistication you want and what kind of uh, details you want and what kind of what kind of execution you want with the system. Um, now, the million, I throw out the million dollars. I, I, that's not typical. Um, there's TMSs that you pay per transaction. Uh, there's 3PLs that you pay per transaction. Uh, so it's, it's not, it's not, uh, to go down that road and look at what, what it may cost, I think is a very good idea. 
and look at more than just one provider, uh, just so you understand what is out there in the market and understand what what it can do for you. Because each it, all TMSs are kind of set up the same. Some have a little bit of different tweaks on them, and so on and so forth. Some can do international, some can't, so on and so forth. But you want to get you want to get the biggest bang for your buck. You may want to make sure you understand and bring in someone, one of your colleagues, to help you on on evaluating the three TMSs. So what's required again? You, you've got the system you're utilizing. Either you're utilizing your own, or you're working through a 3PL. Talk a little bit about, excuse me, system upgrades or maintenance or periodic uh, upgrades. What what should we be prepared for? So it, depending on the TMS, uh, there's some TMSs you get. You, what, when you buy it, that's what you get. You want updates? Yes or no? Uh, uh, usually, there's a service just like with any other software. There's a maintenance fee uh, for the software on a yearly basis, usually about 20% or so. Um, but you know, some TMSs uh, they'll do updates every three weeks. Uh, some will do every six weeks. Some will do you know every six months. Uh, usually, uh, if if it's uh, on a shared server uh, with the TM with the TMS provider, they do all the regression testing and so on and so forth to make sure that when they launch, there's no issues. Now that's in a perfect world. There always will be some issues every once in a while, but they they can react to those and get those fixed. If you have the TMS in house and say you want to do an update to that TMS, you got to do all your regression testing, all your making sure all your processes work in house before you roll that out. So you got to have this IT support and operational support to do all that testing. Whereas if you went to a TMS provider or a 3PL, they usually do all that stuff um, on their side. Is there a cost impact to me every time there's an upgrade? Not always. Usually, the, a lot of it's included in the, the maintenance fee. That's a yearly maintenance fee. Now, if there's some customization that you need that's basically tailored towards your organization, there might be some. But other than that, no, usually um, it's included in the maintenance fee. Ted, do you have an, a, a success story you can share with our listeners as far as a success story of a TMS that was implemented successfully and the value we, we realized because of it? Yeah. So we... Uh, Years ago, we had a, a customer that was shipping international. Um, they had they really didn't have visibility of their shipments. They didn't have visibility of their part numbers. Uh, of course, each vendor, each supplier would ship multiple part numbers. So just because a shipment was in transit, they didn't know what exactly what part number it would be. So what we did was we took their uh, ASNs after the shipper uh, shipped, uh, took those ASNs and put it inside the TMS. Uh, what we did with that ASN information is we populated the part numbers, the quantity of the part numbers, and what tra uh, trailer and what uh, pro they were on. So we matched that up into our TMS, and the uh, customer was actually down in Mexico, was able to see what was in transit. So if they had a particular part number that there were problems with, they would actually go and look into the TMS and see where it was in transit. They could avoid an expedite at that point. And since we gave them all that visibility, they had a lot of uh, freight sitting in trailers down at their location, uh, and it was out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so once we populated that information uh, inside that and told the trailer it was allocated to, they could go into the yard and find that trailer and find that part number in case that was on the trailer not offloaded yet. So there was a, uh, many scenarios. Some of them were soft dollars, um, but and some of them were cost avoidances because they didn't have to uh, send an expedite because they knew that it was you know two hours away and they wouldn't have, they they could just have the line keep going and know that that part was going to arrive two hours later. But there's there's a lot of synergies that a lot of heartburn that it helped uh, within the organization that made them run much more efficient. And eventually they got rid of the trailers uh, 
inventory on, on their lot and kind of went into a warehouse and now everything's running a lot smoother. Yeah, it seems like in, in both inventory and expedited transportation alone, the uh, TMS did more than pay for itself. Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's really hard to it's really hard to gauge because you have a lot of soft dollars. You know, you got you got labor that's more efficient. You got you know transportation is dollar more efficient. So those those partial truckloads that are moving are now full. So you know, and, and so what it's it's really hard sometimes to to do your you know say your ROI on a TMS, but you usually come up with some great wins. Like for another example that we just had uh, here just recently is. We had two trucks going uh, from a location going down to a plant uh, and by getting the cube and getting the weight and uh, uh, other, each one of those trailers, we were able to cut out one of those trucks. And it was a, a $400,000 a year savings to the organization. Excellent. Excellent. Just some higher level questions I have for you, Ted. Uh, let's say a customer's working where he has multiple sites and maybe he's in a central corporate headquarters office in Chicago, Illinois. He's got manufacturing plants all over the country. Does, uh, what's better? Is it better for him to have the sole visibility within a TMS or does it make sense to have all the individual plant locations happen? Well, that's, a, that's a good question. It depends on the, how the hierarchy of the organization is okay. and how the logistics and uh, corporate is set up. So in a TMS, it can be set up as a parent-child relationship. So uh, the parent could be the, the corporate office and then the ch children could be the plants. Uh, if you do it that way, you can give plants access to just their shipments. Okay. Uh, so they would just, each plant would just see their shipments. And as, as a corporate uh, person, you'd be able to see all the plants information. Uh, usually what I see uh, when they implement a 3PL, the corporate is, is basically running it and they set up the rules and the plants run under those rules. Uh, and so it kind of eliminates the, the uh, contracts of being, you know, done by, by the sole plant and kind of held at corporate so that uh, when they go out for bids or go out for rates, they're taking the whole plants or the whole corporate's uh, freight in, in for RFQ instead of individual plant. And there seems to be, especially if the plants are making some of the same parts or gets from the same suppliers, there's a lot of synergies uh, that can happen within a TMS because, you know, maybe they're shipping direct LTL. Well, why don't they ship to a consolidation point and then ship a full truckload to their plant? instead of having multiple LTLs hit their dock, so on and so forth. So it's kind of like we talked about earlier, whereas you've got the operational day-to-day -day transactional activity of transportation management within a TMS, that may be more conducive to plant level personnel. Mm -hmm. Then you've got the analytics, the KPI measurement, the, the carrier sourcing, the KPIs, so on and so forth. Likely more important to the corporate level transportation logistics management more so than maybe a frontline uh, person. So going back to that corporate functionality, what about like in terms of an RFQ? Does it support an RFQ process? How does that, come, would that come into play? So there's um, TMSs out there that have the RFQ uh, process already built into it. Or just by having a TMS, you have all your data that you need for an RFQ. So you could go to say an outside source to do RFQ or you could do it in-house. Uh, depends on how sophisticated uh, or how much detail you want to get into. But again, all that information was has been inputted into your TMS. So all that historical data is there. If it's good, if you know that that historical data is going to be a trending of the future, you can take that information and put it out into uh, RFQ format and have carriers or, or suppliers uh, bid on that information. So it may not do the entire RFQ, but it'll support your actual process. Correct. And it all depends on how, you, how the organization, maybe, you know, sometimes logistics does their own RFQ, sometimes purchasing does it. Mm -hmm. 
purchasing usually doesn't know too much about logistics. So they need the logistics person as a <laughs> as an expert to provide that data to the purchasing so they can uh, produce our RFQ. So we've talked a lot about, I think, predominantly domestic transportation. Is it conducive to global transportation here in Ocean as well? Yes. So uh, depending on the TMS, uh, there are TMSs that are actually integrated or are working on integration with the customs. Uh, so when you have your international shipments and you need to clear customs and so on and so forth, that information can be put input into the TMS and sent over electronically to the to the customs agents okay. and the various parties that are involved. Good. Well, we're running a little tight on time here, Ted. I think I'd like to wrap this up. Maybe just kind of one final question. It's kind of a long-winded one. I tend to be that way sometimes. But we've talked a lot about the value of TMS and how different people within the organization understand that value differently. Talk a little bit about how if you're in a a position where you've got to feed this information to the rest of the organization and some of the information may be more valuable to the CEO and may, may not be as important to an accounts payable person paying carriers. Talk a little bit about how communicating those standards of the whole organization, the TMS supports you. So the TMS has all that data. It has your, it has your freight bills that are received. It has your audits of the freight bills. It has the amount of freight that you're, you're moving. It has the bill lighting detail all inside your system. So you can peel back the onion however, however you need to, depending on who the person that needs the information for. So going back to the operational people, well, operation people are more worried about on-time performance. Uh, you know, they, they could use a TMS to do doctor scheduling. So, you know, maybe I'm getting trucks here. I'm getting three trucks here all, all at the same time. Well, a TMS can help you uh, evaluate that and schedule things so that you don't have a doctor congestion. So that, there's, the, there's the operational piece. On the accounting piece, uh, I'm able to give them accruals I can give them accruals, you know, right at, you know, midnight on a certain day or so on and so forth. No matter if you're, you know, you just need to know your accounting rules. Are, are they FOB shipping point or FOB destination or the international terms, which I won't get into. Uh, but all those, all those terms can be configured inside the system so you can run an accrual and give that to your book, give that to your CFO and then have that booked under your financials. Uh, for, I guess, the CEOs and the, the management team. They want to look at the 30,000 foot view. They don't need to see, maybe, they don't maybe need to drill into details unless they see some issues. Um, so the TMS uh, provides a database where you can plug all that information together and get an outcome. Now, that outcome, why did I get that outcome? It can allow you to drill down to that detail and find out what, what actually is the driver of, of a positive or negative uh, outcome. Excellent, excellent. Well, this has been very good, very good. Uh, I think you did an exceptional job, Ted, of explaining how the TMS works ideally. Uh, you've stressed all the different value you can gain, you can gain from using it throughout the organization, um, which is incredibly beneficial. And you've done a really good job of talking about how you're in. It's something you can set up to do on your own versus you can look to the offer and support and help from a 3PL. Either way is fine. Um, different rationale for doing either, either situation. Obviously, the key is that you realize the most value from the from the platform itself. Uh, for our listeners, how about if you just give us some contact information? Obviously, it'd be a great resource to talk to you if we're looking customers are looking for this opportunity. Yeah, I'd, I'd be happy. I mean, just to supply just supply support if you're going through the TMS uh, implementation or, or looking at uh, what I should do or not do a TMS. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. My email is uh, Ted Bowley. It's B O W L E Y at Carter C A R ter-logistics.com. Uh, my cell phone number, uh, feel free to reach out to my cell phone uh, during 
normal hours, so <laughs> not past 9 p.m., uh, 765-620-9592. Be happy to talk to anyone. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Wheels in Motion podcast. If you have an idea for an upcoming podcast, please email us at marketing at carter-express.com. Until next time.